Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Hey guys, we are... In Philippians, we are going through the letter, and we're specifically looking at the whole issue of the struggle for joy in our lives. Because if you're living your life for God, if you're living your life for Jesus in your life, it isn't going to be easy. It's going to be a struggle. And there are going to be times when you, to be honest with you, feel like just throwing in the towel. Why am I doing this? Why am I, why am I even, why bother? And I think we can all relate to that. The longer you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the more you realize that it ain't easy. Life will throw the kitchen sink at you. And so we've been approaching this whole concept from the Apostle. Apostle Paul wrote this letter. At the time that he wrote this letter, he was imprisoned, facing the death penalty, and we can gain some insights from him. And so in the last few weeks, we've seen very clearly his whole disposition, his whole perspective, his whole focus was whether he was in chains or not, he was going to live his life for Jesus. He was going to live his life for God. And that's the encouragement for you. Wherever you are in your life, you live your life for him. Now, we have concepts of that meaning, well, that means I've got to be a pastor or I've got to be a missionary or something. No, no, you live your life where you're at. But you make him your focus. Because when we make ourselves our focus and what we want out of life leads to nothing but emptiness. And we know what that is. And it leads to the struggles. So he's going to go on. We're going to continue on in the next few verses here. We're going to look at verses 27 through 30, the last few verses of chapter 1. And he's going to talk about, you know, after focusing on himself, he's going to give his readers an encouragement. He's actually going to tell us what we need to do. And I think it's very important for us to understand that because, remember, I told you it's a struggle. And oftentimes we want to throw in the towel And the reality is that sometimes we need somebody to come alongside of us and say to us, hey, this is what you need to do. This is the direction you need to go in. Just hang in there. Just hang in there. And folks, sometimes we need to hear that, don't we? Sometimes we need to hear hear someone come alongside of us and say, you hang in there. You keep your focus. You be determined. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how we live our lives. Determined conduct is what he's going to be focused on. So let's look at it together. We are in chapter 1. Look with me at verse 27. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether you come and see whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, 
that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. What we're going to do, folks, is we're going to take these four verses, and we're going to basically divide it up into three sections. We're going to see your conduct, my conduct, your conduct, what he's encouraging us here with. We're going to talk about your perseverance, my perseverance, how we need to persevere in spite of stuff. And then we're going to talk about your outlook, the outlook that you and I need to have if we're going to be able to conduct ourselves the way he wants us to, and if we're going to be able to persevere. So let's look at this together. We're going to look at what the Apostle Paul is trying to encourage us to do this morning. So first of all, look with me at verse 27. Look what he says. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. What's he saying here? First thing I want you to notice is that you've got to live what you believe. Live what you believe. Do we need to be told that? Yeah, you do. Because the reality is, is a lot of you here, you say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins, granted me forgiveness. But that's as far as it goes. You don't tell anybody. You don't live that. You don't live like that's real. You don't live like that's for real in your life. It doesn't impact you. It impacts you internally. But it has no manifestation of that anyway in how you live your life. It's a belief, it's a thought process, but many times it's sort of like 2 plus 2 equals 4. I believe that, but that's really not impacting my life daily. Do you know what I'm saying? You are impacted by what you believe. Do you know what I mean? You are impacted by what you believe. And so he's saying, if you believe, if you're living, if your focus is God, remember that we've been talking about that the last few weeks, about living your life for God. So if you're going to live your life for God, then live it. Live it out. Now, immediately, when I say those kind of things, immediately somebody's got the concept in their mind, oh, no, George is saying that I'm going to have to start carrying my Bible. No. No, you don't need to carry your Bible. In fact, that's not what he's talking about. Rather, you live out what you believe. It should impact the way you live your life. In fact, listen listen to me. Most folks who don't go to church look in the church and they say, well, I don't want to go to church because the church is filled with, what do they say? Hypocrites. Now, everybody, have you all heard that? Is that a new saying? No, it's been around a long time, right? Why do they say that? Why do they say that the church is filled with hypocrites? Because it is. (gasps) Why would you say that? Because most of us aren't living what we believe. 
We'll say it, but we don't live it. Do you know what I mean? This is what he's saying. He's saying, look, only you live your life worthy of the gospel, of the message of Jesus Christ, that he died for you, that he forgave you, he He accepted you, warts and all, the way you are. You live your life. Live it out. And here's how we live it out. Focuses on two areas there. Look with me at verse 27. He says, So that when I, whether I come or see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit. What's he talking about there? Then number one, that they stand together in unity for the gospel. The one thing that he's saying here is that, look, you know what? You live it out, and the way you live it out is the first aspect is that you be unified together for the gospel. You know, I can think of no greater means of testifying to the love and sacrifice and forgiveness of Jesus than to have a group of people who truly believe that and who truly care for each other. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're not putting on airs. You don't have to dress up a certain way. You are accepted for who you are because we are manifesting the love of Jesus in our life. You say, really? Yeah, isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus said this, By this shall they know that you are my disciples. That you what? Love one another. See, this is what our conduct needs to change. We need to live what we believe. So if I live what I believe, then I'm going to strive to be in unity with you. And that means, can I be honest with you, that I'm going to have to put up with some things. Just like you got to put up with me. i got to put up with you. Did you know what I'm saying? He goes on there, not just that, that we keep our focus as you endure the struggle together. Look at what he's saying there, verse 27. With one mind, striving together for the faith. Striving together. What does that mean? It means to endure. To endure the struggle. You know, one of the things, the wonderful things about coming to church is not that you're coming to church to be a part of a service or to do ritual. If that's what it is, then it's meaningless. It will always be meaningless. Church is more than that. Church is more than music. Although we got great music here, okay? Man, wasn't he great on the drums today? I mean, like, wow. I thought his mother was here. That's usually how he acts when his mother's here, okay? All right? But, you know, and, and, hey, Brian did a great job today filling in for Jim, right? Okay, let's tell him that. All right, so, but that's not why we come. That's not why we come. We come because we know that as I'm being beaten up on during the week, 
I could come somewhere else where together we love God, and even though they've got beat up, we can strengthen each other. We can endure together. We can persevere together. We can, we can go one more week. Do you know what I'm saying? We can, we can make it through one more week. Cause it's hard. It's tough. And this is what he's talking about. So live what you believe. If you believe that, that he died for you, that he gave his life for you, that there is victory in him, that he's your hope for the future, then let it be manifested in how you live. And how it's going to be lived is that, number one, you're going to be unified with other people who believe the same thing, and then you're going to be there for each other in the midst of it. And you don't have to wonder, is there a place that I can go where they love me? You know they love you. And you don't have to wonder that if you ask for help, people would say, hey, how can I help you? That's what he's talking about. That's the conduct here. You know, when we think of conduct, we're thinking about, well, how straight do I need to walk? How good do I need to look? And that's child's play. Real conduct is being there for somebody else. Accepting them where they are. And loving them. And manifesting the love of Christ out of your life as he manifested to you. Do you know what I mean? Because here's the reality. You are there for others because one day they'll be there for you. Because you're going to go through it one day too. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the whole basis of church. That's what's missing today. That's what he's talking about. Enduring the struggle, the struggle for joy as I do it together. In fact, you write this down in the margin. You know, when, when as I'm struggling for joy, it's never a journey alone. As I struggle for joy, it's never a journey alone. So many of us have this concept that we're to live it alone. You can't live it alone. You need each other. I need you. You need me. That's your conduct. Notice now your perseverance. Look at what he says there. So not only am I affected in how I live my life, he's going to talk about my perseverance here. Notice what he says there, verse 28. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Here's what he's saying. Don't be afraid of those who oppose your faith. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of others simply because you believe in God. Simply because you trust in Him. That you put your hope in Him. That you're trusting in Him to provide for you, to care for you. Don't be afraid of those who would mock your beliefs. So many of us, you know what? Nobody would ever know that you're a Christian simply because you just won't say anything because of some big mouth at work. And you say, well, I just want to live out quietly my faith. Well, fine, live it out. But don't be afraid if somebody finds out.
In fact, that's probably what's keeping you from living the way God wants you to live. It's because you're afraid. And you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid, is what he's saying here. Don't be afraid. What is he saying? Opposition confirms God's judgment in our salvation. This is what he's saying here. Look at look what he says there, verse 28. Which is to them proof of perdition, but to you salvation, and that from God. Perdition, what is that? That means eternal judgment. The reason why that they would oppose you and what you believe is because they don't believe it, and it's a sign to them of their condemnation. That's what he's saying here. But for you, the simple fact that you believe and that you're suffering for what you believe is a sign of the fact that you're saved and that you belong to God. In fact, folks, you know what? This is a message that's been missing from the church in North America for years. And here's the message. Jesus said very clearly that if you follow him, you're going to suffer. In fact, remember the Beatitudes? Blessed are the persecuted. That's a reality. We don't like that reality, but that's reality. You're going to suffer for your faith. Not everybody's going to love you, Jesus. Not everybody's going to love what you believe. And that's reality. So you just hang in there. You persevere. You go on. You move on in your life, in your Christian walk. Because your hope isn't here. Your hope is for something later. But too many of us, let's be honest, we live for what? Now. We live for now. You know what I mean? You live for now. So you buy something brand new. Whew, I'm going to be okay now. A week later, it's got a scratch. Which, with the salt in our area, if it's a car, is going to rust. Which means you're going to have to get something new in a few years. And you thought it was going to be wonderful. Because that's what we're living for now. Here's what he says. So how do I have that outlook, though? Because, you know, I can understand that conduct thing. Man, that thing about living for each other. Yeah, I'm I'm all there, George. But, man, that suffering thing, whew. I don't know if I want to deal with that. Well, here's how you can deal with it. You've got to have a different outlook. Look at what his outlook is here that he wants you to see. Verse 29, he says this. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe, but also to suffer for his sake. Two things here. Number one, because of Jesus, we've been granted the privilege to believe. Let me say that again, because if you grasp this, it will change you. Because of Jesus... We've been granted the privilege to believe. 
You ever been there where you, you, you're going through the midst of it and it's like you just want to throw in the towel? Doubts are rising up within you and it's kind of like, you know, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. I don't know why I'm going through this. Where are you, God? God, why are you letting this happen to me? And, and, and it's like you just want to throw in the towel. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Nod your head. Yep, you know what I'm talking about. Doesn't mean you necessarily, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Here's what I want you to see. Why didn't you? Why didn't you throw it in? I'll tell you why. Grace. Because he was giving you the strength to believe in spite of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The reason why you didn't throw in the towel because of all the difficulties that are happening is because just what the, what, what, what the apostle is saying here, it was granted to you to believe. Who granted it to you? God. That's grace. That even in, even in the midst of it, when you're struggling, the reason why you don't completely give up is that there's a loving God who's giving you strength, who's giving you grace to keep hanging on. Isn't that awesome? He's not going to let you just drop away. Isn't that awesome? So live your life for Him. Live it out what you believe. Don't be afraid of the stuff that comes at you. Here's the other thing. This is the hard one. This is the hard pill to swallow. The second point there is this. We've also been given the privilege to suffer for Jesus. We've been given the privilege to suffer for Jesus. This is a, this is a concept that is so hard for for us to grasp in North America because we've had life so easy. But you know, I, I as you know, I get to I get to travel overseas quite often, and I've been with the persecuted. They don't talk about their persecution. We want to say, "What's that like to be persecuted?" Now, they, they don't talk about that because they just assume, here's what they assume. They assume that you go through the same stuff, folks. And then I have to sheepishly tell them, no, we don't face that here. They see it as a privilege to suffer for the Jesus they believe in. And the apostle says, you know what, you're having a hard time at work. Because of what you believe in, you're having a hard time in your neighborhood, you're having a hard time with your family member, you need to realize that it has been granted to you, the privilege. Man, we need to change our view, don't we? You say, okay, George, I see my conduct that he's calling me for, the perseverance thing, i got to work on that. The outlook, yeah, that first part, yeah, but that second part, I don't know. How do, how, do we, how do we bring this together and how do we how do we apply it? Well, here's two questions and here's the thought for you. Something for you to do this week.
Here's what you need to ask yourself. You're here. You're listening to me. Here's what you got to ask yourself. What does your life reflect? What does your life reflect? What do you mean? I mean, you say you believe in Jesus Christ, that he's the Son of God, that he died for you, that he rose again on the third day, he ascended and sits on the right hand of the Father, that he forgave you your sins, gave you eternal life, freed you from hell, Do you believe that? Well, if you do, does your life reflect it? Does your life reflect it? What does your life reflect? See, you reflect something. In fact, remember, what I told you that people think about the church, the church is filled with what? Hypocrites? Why do they say that? Because they say your life reflects something. I'm not talking about being a holy roller. You can be normal. But believe, live what you believe. What does your life reflect? Here's the second one. Are you motivated by fear? Are you motivated by fear? Are you afraid? That's reality. You've got to ask yourself that question. Are you motivated because you're afraid that somebody might find out you truly believe? So you laugh at the stupid jokes. You cringe on the inside, but you're laughing because you're afraid somebody might find out. So here's what you've got to do. Here's what you've got to do this week. Here's what you need to ask the Spirit. You need to, to get alone. And to be honest with you, again, the action point is based on the first two questions. What, what does your life reflect? What are you afraid of? Are you motivated by fear? So you need to ask the Holy Spirit to do this. You need to ask the Spirit to help you to live what you believe. What, what we're talking about here is, is that the Holy Spirit would help you to be honest with your life. Do you know what I mean? The word hypocrite, when Jesus used the word hypocrite, he, the Greek word there that was used is, was reflective of the Greek arts of drama. Do you remember, do you guys remember from high school drama? When they studied Greek drama, you know, in, in, in Greek drama, they only used male actors. And, uh, what they did was, is they had a mask. You remember the symbol for, for drama is the mask, right? The laughing, crying face and the happy face. They would wear a mask. And so, it, the concept is, is that to be a hypocrite is to be an actor. You're portraying yourself one way when in reality you are something completely different. So that's what you've got to ask God to help you to be. You've got to ask God to help you to, to live what you believe. Quit being an actor. Be real. Be normal, but be real. That's what we need to ask the Spirit to do. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.